You're listening to the British Sports Car Podcast from the Racetrack Special Episode. Today we're focusing on the Donington Decider for the 2022 Intelligent Money British GP Championship. The British Sports Car Podcast is a Storm Vixen created production in association with RPS Driven Media Limited. You can find out more and find out more about the championships we cover by visiting our website, BritSCPodcast.co.uk or contacting us on social media at BritSCPodcast. British GT News. Hello and welcome to From the Racetrack. I'm Nick Smith, your host. Once again, Sarah isn't with us. She has tired herself completely doing the social media for what was an absolutely thrilling final round of the Intelligent Money British GT Championship. So she is now at home and getting herself ready for a decent night's sleep. And I am going to take the time to run through with you the goings on from today. I'm not going to go too deep into the actual race. What we're going to do today is take a look at warm up. And I've got a couple of bits of sound for you from warm up as well. A couple of interviews that I took during that session. And then we're going to take a look at the champions of the British GT Championship. And there's some, some happy stories to come there. So looking at warm-up then, the warm-up session, 15 minutes on race day, and I actually took the opportunity during the session to ask Mia Fluitt what it was that the warm-up session gave the teams a chance to, to work on. So let's have a listen to that clip now and see what Mia told us about why teams go for warm-up. So... Just finished warm-up, uh, finished mid-table in, in the warm-up. Uh, obviously, Ewan went out a little bit late, didn't really have a chance to get in a, a flying lap, did he? The question I've got for you is, what is the benefit for you guys of actually going out in warm-up? Because it seems to me the conditions will be very different when it comes to the race. Yeah, uh, this is more to sort of just make sure the car feels all right, you know, nothing on towards with the car since yesterday, it shouldn't be. But um, And then also to practice a full pit stop. So, uh, unfortunately, I should have come in a little bit earlier, but there was uh, some GT4s lined up out here, so there was no space in our pit box. So I ended up having to stay out a bit longer. Uh, but that was the main main thing, really. It's not about setting a lap time or anything like that for us either. We were just me to get a little bit back in the car after yesterday. It was frustrating qualifying for us yesterday. With like one or two two corners to go, and you know not being able to finish a good lap. So, but, uh, you were as as Tom, the media man for the series, termed it one of the have-nots. You didn't get your fast lapping on slicks before the weather came out. Exactly, and I, you know it was a good lap too. So, um, so that was a shame, but yeah, it happens. Sometimes we're lucky, and sometimes you're not. And we were unlucky, and. Uh, oh. <laughs> we can we can we can move forwards, and we will. It's coming to the end of your first season, full season in GT3. How would you sum your season up? Uh, a little bit like uh, we've had pace. We've had good pace, but um, unfortunately no real luck. So we've had a few issues. We've had uh, not a lot of car issues. We've had 
you know, I've been tapped around a few times and um, had the wing come off, you know, by taken off by another car at Silverstone, you know, obviously got put into the barriers at Spa, you know. Uh, so we've had a few sort of not so successful races, but we've also had a few, you know, top fives and things like that. And I think on pace, that's why we should be racing in the sort of top six and, and you know, hopefully on a good day we can fight for podiums and, uh, you know, uh, yeah, take the opportunities. So. so are we looking forward to seeing you and 76 back next year with the same car? Let's hope so. Final question. Last time we spoke, you were talking about putting your elephant on the front end to get some more grip. How's the GT3 compared to the GT4? Yeah, much better. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you very much, Mia, and good luck for the race ahead. It was great to Thank get you. a chance to catch up with Mia. We've not spoken to her for far too long. Um, obviously, last time we had her on the show, she was still racing in GT4. But she did give us a bit of insight in the sort of things that the teams are hoping to achieve during warm-up, which is a session which is a mystery to a lot of people. There is a phrase that goes around, nothing good ever comes of warm-up, and it's nice to find out what good it actually does serve. Other things it does well is by giving certain teams a confidence boost, and that's no more true than in the case of Ram Racing. Ian Loggy and Jules Gounon, who didn't qualify particularly well due to the weather yesterday, uh, returned to the top of the timesheets ahead of Enduro Motorsports' Morgan Tilbrook and Marcus Clutton. The Mercedes-AMG GT3 of Loggy and Gounon set the fastest time with a 137.766 on a track that was remarkably similar to what we saw about the same time yesterday. It was damp, it was slightly greasy. Um, so we weren't looking at setting lap record times here at all. Third in the warm-up session was Fox Motorsport, Nick Halstead and Jamie Stanley having the driving of the number 40 McLaren ahead of the two two C's cars. Now these, for championship, came in the wrong order. The number 20, the guest car, of Graham Davidson and Aaron Walker took fourth place, uh, top po top spot in GT3 Silver Am, thanks to a time set by Aaron Walker. The fifth place car overall, fourth place in GT3 Pro Am, was James Cottingham and Lewis Williamson, the latter setting the lap in the number 42C's Mercedes AMG GT3. And then racking up a solid block of three Mercedes AMGs, Team Abba Racing. Uh, Richard Neary and Sam Neary who set the fastest time in the pole sitting car. Looking further down the list and we get to the best of the GT4 runners and as you may expect it was seasoned factory pro Darren Turner who put in the fastest time for the Newbridge Motorsport Aston Martin Vantage AMR GT4 he shares with Matt Topham. That's a number 27 car which entered the race weekend in the pound seats as far as the championship was concerned. Looking further down, the number 23 car championship rival, time set by Josh Miller with uh, obviously Jamie Day sharing the driving for R Racing, another Aston Martin Vantage AMR. And then we have the number 68 team brick car McLaren 570S GT for Bobby Trundley, set the fastest time in the warm up session for that car, which finished second in Pro Am as well. R Racing topped GT4 silver cup uh, looking a little bit further down we have the guesting academy motorsport car in fifth in gt4 second in gt4 silver eric evans the american driver sharing with will moore set the time for the number 62 car which was 
not a whole lot faster, some, but not a whole lot faster than the full season entry of the teammate, the Academy Motorsport Mustang for Marco Signoretti, who took the driving, and Matt Cowley, who watched on from the sidelines. Motors One Racing for Ed McDermott and Michael Broadhurst, Broadhurst even, came next in their Mercedes-AMG GT4. And then 19th place on the timing sheets was another GT3 car, actually. It was a Century Motorsport car of Darren Lung and Alexander Sims, the M4 GT3. So... After the session, I actually went and spoke to the man that set the fastest lap. I spoke to Jules Gounon and discussed the challenges that he was going to face later in the afternoon. Racing in a car where he couldn't win the championship, but his co-driver could, and what he had to do to help Ian Loggie take the title. Final round of the championship, and we've just completed warm-up. Now, looking at the timing sheets, you did what you need to do. Um, what is the feeling heading into the final race? Because qualifying didn't quite go the way that we planned, did you? No, we got, uh, I, I wouldn't say unlucky, we chose a strategy. Um, there was a lot of car queuing in the pit lane, so we thought like the, ride might, the rain might come, but our radar was saying 20 minutes, so we thought like we could play with 45 seconds. And at the end, I think yesterday we were very lucky because all the competitors of Yen, so Ballon, Cottingham, Tilbrook, uh, who else is in there? I think that's it. Oh, there's another one. Oh, anyway. Um, the, the, the 72 and the 77. Yeah, they, they, they are with us because they did the same uh, strategy. So I think it could have been wor much worse for us. So we are still in good position for Yen. And um, we see during the race, I think we need to adapt to what our competitors are doing. They need to win. We need to finish behind them. So that's what we're going to try. Now, towards the tail end of the pro session of qualifying, a couple of the cars came in and, and fitted slicks. Was that... A Hail Mary or was the circuit coming to them at that point? No, I think it was right. We did a mistake with the team, with the pressures. We, com we completely went on the wrong direction, so we were really struggling. And uh, then I asked if we should box for slicks or lower pressure. There was no time and I think we just, you know, it's one of those days or every decision you take is wrong and uh, we take it as a team. So I, I did wrong decision during pressure and maybe we did a wrong decision to didn't send the end straight, but... At the end, as I say, we did three wrong decisions and we got really lucky with it. So sometimes it's like this, sometimes you do three decisions and it's amazing and after quality you are the smartest of the paddock. And yesterday we were definitely not the smartest one, but we were really lucky. Coming to the end of your first season, or partial season, in around the British GT Championship, how would you sum up the championship in a year in it so far? Yeah, I loved it. Uh, to be honest, Woodland Park was fantastic. The track that I discovered there was maybe one of my favourite tracks, also because we were flying and we won and finished P2. But you know, it's the UK track that I fall in love, Donington, Woodland Park, Brunswick, even though if I didn't race, I raced there in GT World Challenge, and it's, this is racing. You have the track, the race track, let's say, the grass, the walls, and this brings you a whole different approach of the track, where in Europe, mainly all the tracks now that have Formula One, it's, sorry to say, but it's really boring to drive because you have track limit everywhere. Everybody can be quick because you go off track limit. You never know if the lap has been done with track limit. Maybe the judge of fact will say this is track limit. This is not, it feels unfair. Here there's no track limit. Track limit is in the wall if you touch the track limit. So this is like the American track. This is like Nosh Life. This is like Bathurst. Even though those ones are on a different level because it's even more risk. But I really enjoy and uh, I'm pushing Mercedes-AMG that they leave me we are, let's focus on this weekend, but I really hope to come back next year. We'd be absolutely delighted to, to have you back. You've been 
uh, a feisty and an entertaining competitor when it, whenever you've raced. Looking ahead to the race today, because there is still a job to do, yeah. it's not guaranteed, it's, there, it's looking pretty good for Ian, but there is still opportunities for, for things to happen. So when you get in the car for your stint today, are you going to be the same feisty, elbows out driver that you've been, or is it hold back and think championship for Ian? No, first of all, I'm here for Ian. I'm not here to entertain or do the show or whatever. I'm here to make him win the title. <laughs> yeah, I know, but today it will be a different thing. I think I need to adapt to the situation. If we're in a position where we need to, to attack, then it will be full send. And if we're in a position where we need to stay on standby and just follow because we are close, then I will do that. So today it will all be about calculated risk or full send if we are in a wrong position. I think even though it's looking bad for them, everything is possible. In Udlon Park, we finished P2, we nearly won the race. So um, I think it's today it's going to be a, a very stressful race for both of us because we are in a position when you are in the lead, you are getting chased, where those guys have nothing to lose. They just go flat out because they know they need to go flat out to win it. So uh, hopefully we can have a clean race, uh, not crazy stuff from other competitors, and hopefully Ian will have a big, big smile on his face in five hours. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Good luck to you and, of course, to Ian. I've been watching Ian trying to win this championship for about five years in Bentleys and Mercedes and, uh, and whatever. Not supposed to have favourites, but fingers crossed he manages it. And, and good luck to you for a good result in the race as well. Thank you very much. Thank you, man. Thank you. That was my first chance to speak to Jules Goonon. He's only been racing with us for four rounds this year. And I probably should have managed it back on Easter weekend, but obviously... He was busy and I was busy as well. What we move on to now is the results of the race. Uh, I'm not going to go too deep into the details of the race here. I'm going to put out some sound from, from the championship side of it for you and just run briefly through the top three in each class and then the championship winning cars. So the top three in each class, forget how they started, uh, by the end of the first corner, Everybody was in the gravel trap. Other people were, 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 were moving forward. It seemed at some point like nobody wanted to win the race, let alone the championship. There were bits of very expensive GT3 and GT4 cars littering the East Midlands countryside. The safety car probably, probably won the most laps led. Um, it was an interesting race, uh, but it did birth a result after 76 laps and two hours 19 seconds, 0.821 of racing. That was the time that it took Century Motorsports number 91 car to complete the race time plus one lap. Darren Lung and Alexander Sims shared the driving of the BMW M4 GT3. And really, they got away fairly early on and were never headed. Um, the closest anybody came was after a safety car. We had Ian Loggy's co-driver Jules Gounon just behind, but Gounon was championship-focused and decided not to fight the issue, which left Alexander Sims to, to go on his, on his merry way. Final margin at the flag was 0 0.558 seconds. Behind them was Enduro Motorsport, Morgan Tilbrook and Marcus Clutton. One of the championship protagonists, but one with a very long shot at the title. All three of those cars were entered in GT3 Pro-Am. 
In GT3 Silver Am, it was a guest car which took the win. It was a guest car that took second place, actually, as well. So we have two cars invisible for points. Beach Dean AMR, Andrew Howard, joined with longtime co-driver... Jo- no. Joined by Lewis Proctor of Greystone GT fame. In, obviously, with it being a Beach Dean AMR car and Andrew Howard, it's going to be an Aston Martin Vantage AMR GT3. The second car in the GT3 Silver Ram class was the number 20. This was former champion... Graham Davidson sharing with Aaron Walker for Tusi's Motorsport in a Mercedes-AMG GT3. A car identical in all but eye-burning livery to the number four car, which took third in the class. Again, Tusi's Motorsport, James Cottingham, Lewis Williamson this time, sharing the driving in the Mercedes. Looking at GT4, and it was a continuation of some strong pace from yesterday and potentially a taste of things to come. In fact, it was the things to come because this was Toyota Gazoo Racing UK, the Toyota GR Super GT4 of Tom Edgar and Jordan Collard, which took the win overall and also in the GT4 Silver Cup. Again, top three in the classification were all in the same class. So third place overall was also third place in GT4 Silver Cup. Uh, So second place even. That was Stella Motorsport, Richard Williams and Senna Fielding. And then we had our racings, Josh Miller and Jamie Day in the Aston Martin Vantage AMR in third. We then scroll down one more place to find the winner in GT4 Pro-Am. This was Paddock Motorsport. Mo Ritson joined this weekend by Kavi Jundu of GT Cup fame in the McLaren 570S GT4. We had Voluga Racings, Adam Knight and Benji Hetherington second in the Pro-Am class, but two places further back behind one of the silver-entered BMWs. And then Earth World Championship leaders, Matt Topham and Darren Turner, uh, taking third place in GT4 Pro-Am in the number 27 Aston Martin Vantage AMR. So when it comes to the champions then, we need to take a look at, um, well, really only a couple of cars. Because in the championship, what we saw was that the cars which took the overalls also took their respective classes. And they also took the team's championships as well. So trophies, lots of trophies heading to not a lot of places. In the GT4 class then, let's start with GT4 because it was an absolutely emotional victory in the overall and in the Silver Cup class for the Audi RA LMS of Stella Motorsport. Richard Williams and Senham Fielding, and I can't think of two drivers that deserve this more. They've been trying for five years, they've been working together, they have always done something different. They were the only team that would run the Toyota GT86 GT4s back when they first started. Uh, just massive congratulations to these guys for taking the victory in the GT4 Silver Class and the GT4 overall. And, miraculously, given they're up against a two-car team rival, they've also managed to claim the GT4 Teams Championship as well. Now, I spoke to Richard Williams 
after the race and after the celebrations had died down and he was absolutely delighted by the results of the race. I'm in the Stella Motorsport garage and the team have run out to the pit wall. They're clapping their man across the line. He's coming around the final corner now. And that was the sound of a one-car team claiming GT4 overall, GT4 silver, and possibly, we need to check the maths, but possibly the GT4 teams as well. The TV is showing similar scenes of elation just a few garages down where Ian Loggy has finally, after about five years of trying, managed to tie up the GT3 title as well. What a result for these guys. They've, they've worked so hard for it all year. They've been through two cars to get here. They, 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 they killed an Audi GT4, um, had a spare car, continued with that. It's the last chance these guys will have to win this title together because Senon's been upgraded going into next year. And it's... Hey, I'm not part of the team and I'm overcome. been speaking all year and as I said last time we spoke at um, the last round, Brands Hatch, yeah. I said I keep talking to you and saying well position well done etc etc. I get to say something different this time. Richard Williams, British GT4 overall champion and did you get the teams? Yeah. So that's a clean sweep. So, so that's the three that you entered for, you, you took all three. What an achievement. Yeah. Um, can you say that again? Just, just so I can, just so I can, just take it in a minute. Just, just do, just, just do it again. Go on. Richard Williams, British GT4 overall champion, silver champion, and Stella Motorsport teams champion for 2022. How does that feel? Yeah, that feels, that feels good. That feels good. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it, it's, it's, it's so weird because it's just, you know, on so many levels, there's like so many people to thank. And, you know, it, it's just like everything's, everything's just come together and it's meant to be. You know, it's one of those moments where you just go in like, wow, OK, to have actually done it, it feels a bit, feels a bit surreal. But, you know, to have so many friends and, and obviously my family here to, to actually experience what it's all like to um to actually get it get the job done and i mean you know it's it's been a long time coming but it, now we've actually done it it does feel like we need to do it again <laughs> as you were saying 
to me yesterday it's yeah. the last chance to do it with Sen and how how much does that add to the emotion of, of winning with the I mean he started with you with the Toyota didn't he yeah 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 so we've been together for five five seasons five years you know so it's a very special um friendship and a you know, special partnership that we've that we've got and I mean that in the nicest possible way but um I think you know just from so we'll just see we've got to see what happens but you know he's going to get all the accolades and you know he thoroughly deserves those because he's just an absolute superstar um you know and he's he's so underrated and so um incredibly talented and he deserves to be at the very top of this sport being completely honest um you know, I'm sort of in the twilight of my career, and he's he still he still stars you know he stars stars very much climbing. So you know, he, I hope he goes on and does something really really special because he, he deserves it. So I think um, you know, and then obviously there's the team and you know Gary, Max, and uh, Mike who are you know, all, all deserve just so much credit for for the team they've put together. You know, they've they've worked so hard, and you know they thoroughly thoroughly deserve. Or the recognition that they're going to get as well. So, you know, from my point of view, I don't know. It's it's it hasn't sunk in yet how, how special this all is. But it's just so nice to have everyone that's here to um, to hopefully enjoy it with me. So, yeah, see how it goes. But very special day, special year, and uh, you know, looking forward to what we what happens next. I I liked what you said there about you just want to do it again next year because <laughs> it would be a sad championship if you guys weren't in it. You've gone from being the plucky underdogs yeah. to the to to the go-to people for for, for wins and taking taking the championship this year. It's just congratulations to you. it's from where from where you were to where you are now. It's just amazing. Yeah, and for those that have actually been you know been with us along that journey, it's been you know it's 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 it makes it all the more special because it was it wasn't it's never been easy, you know. And, and this game is nothing comes easy easily. It's all about hard work, dedication. Well, it took two Audis to do it. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I said to you, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Why, yeah, why, yeah. Why, would, why would you not put a new car out? You know, yeah, we've, we've thrown everything at it. And, you know, if that's what it takes to do it, then we'll do it. And we'll do it again, you know, in a heartbeat. So, you know, it's, it's what it takes at this level to get a result. And, you know, we came here to do a job. The job's been done. And so we just move on to the next, uh, the next phase of it, which is, which is really exciting. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Congratulations to you. Congratulations to Sen and congratulations to the entire team. British GT4 champions. Thank you very much for your kind words, mate. Appreciate thank it. You. All right. Thank you. So that just leaves the big ones to talk about, really. The GT3 titles. And here, two of them were decided before we even got to the racetrack. The GT3 Teams Championship had been sewed up back at Spa by Ram Racing. They could not be caught as one of the few two-car teams in the championship. The other championship that was decided early was last time out at Brands Hatch when Alex Malakin and James Dorlin for Redline Racing Lamborghini managed to claim the GT3 Silver Am title with a round to spare and they didn't come back for this for this race meeting so it's uh that, that, that was kind of where it stood. That left the overall, the, the title of British GT champion for 2022. And at the same time, the GT3 Pro-Am category. And the contenders for the titles here were Ram Racing, the number six car, just with Ian Loggy standing alone because he's been sharing with a number of different drivers over the course of the year. We also had 
Barwell Motorsport, Adam Ballon and Sandy Mitchell in a Lamborghini Huracan GT3 Evo. Would it be a Donington decider if there wasn't a Lamborghini from Barwell in the mix is the question that I put to you now. We also have the number 77 car. This was Enduro Motorsport, the McLaren 720S GT3, Morgan Tilbrook and Marcus Clutton. And we were potentially faced in, it would have been very strange circumstances to make it happen, because they basically needed pretty much everybody to non-finish or stop a long way behind them to make it work. But we're potentially looking at this car taking the overall and Pro-Am victories exactly a year after their maiden win in the championship. And then the final car with a shot at the title was the number four two C's motorsport car, James Cottingham and Lewis Williamson in the Mercedes AMG GT3. Now, as I said, I'm not going to go too deep into what happened in the race. All I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you that the two titles were claimed by Ram Racing, which makes it three out of three for them as well, just as it was for Stella. That is the British GT3 overall title for Ian Loggie, the British GT3 Pro-Am title for Ian Loggie, and the British GT3 Teams title for the team of Ram Racing, obviously having the John Ferguson and co-driver escapes me briefly, but the number 15 car for most of the season helped them tie that up uh, nice and early. I've spoken to both drivers from this car, Jules Gounon, the Mercedes-AMG factory pro, uh, assigned to help Ian Loggie take the championship home, and then to our newly minted 2022 British GT champion, Ian Loggie. I'm going to apologise in advance for the clip from Jules Gounon. Obviously, emotions run high at the end of a championship, even when you're not in the fight. And a couple of times he let slip just a just the slightest F-bomb. Uh, quite, quite rapidly back-to-back. Back. It's when we're talking about the traction control system and how you get out the gravel. So if you've got young ears, hit mute quick for that one. But no, no malice is meant by it. We need to remember, of course, that Jules is not speaking in his mother tongue. Jules is a Frenchman. So um, I suppose I could try to interview him in French, but all I can really ask for is a beer and a Big Mac, so it wouldn't work particularly well. Uh, but Jules Gounon with just that little caution, couple of slightly naughty words, and then you'll hear from our newly crowned overall and pro-am champion, so, Jules Gounon, um, obviously, end of the season, job done. We'll claim the title, and I'm sure Ian's over the moon. I've not had a chance to speak to him yet. Give me a, a talk through what you were thinking, particularly while you were stood in the garage watching quite an exciting start to the race for Ian. Yeah, I was like, damn, this British GT is always, you don't know what's going to happen with the GT4. And yeah, the beginning of the race was like, oh, holy cow, let's say, in a polite way. And then we were one minute down on Neri and I was like, oh my God, what's happening? You know, we were not in a good shape, then safety car. Suddenly we are back up, then there was crashes everywhere and stuff. So we just made our way back when everybody else was crashing. And then in the pit stop, I saw a gap to uh, Mitchell. Uh, I knew it would be tight, but I knew it would be, I felt it. 
So I just went on it, even though my car controller put the lollipop down. So I had the lollipop on the windstream and I said, no, I feel it. And then I knew that when we when you exited the pit lane, I just took a gap to Alexander. I was pushing a bit, but then the goal was to really come second with no no, no risk. And that's what we achieved to make the end champion. So really happy. And it was a, a championship that, I mean, you brought it home. But Ian really earned it after that early, early off-track moment, didn't he? Because he got himself back into a championship winning position before he handed over to you. So a few, a few thoughts on, on Ian and the way he's come on over the year. Yeah, he has been, honestly, this weekend he was really, really quick uh, since we arrived on Saturday testing on uh, Saturday. I really thought he could do pole in Q1 and then this happened in Q1 that the uh, unexpected. Um, and then we, you, you are, like Yen always tends to say, I am in the carbon zone when you start not in the front, which means the carbon will be always flying off between the contacts and, and the stuff. And, so, and it was true because we... Which was funny is that since yesterday I tell him, look, if whatever happens, you go in the gravel, there is a button in the Merck, special button to do the TC off. And I say, look, it's really unlikely to happen, but just for your experience and for later in your career, if one day you're on the gravel, just put the TC off, otherwise you're stuck. And then he told me after the race, fuck, I was in the gravel, I went TC off and I could get out of it. So I was like, fuck, it's, it was destiny. It's been five or six years that Yen is trying uh, to win it, so I'm really, really happy for him. I think he's over the moon now. And I'm happy to have been part of it. And of course, this isn't a championship for you. This is just some some rounds that, you, that you've raced with Ian. But it's capping off quite an impressive season for yourself as well, isn't it? Didn't it start off quite well at Bathurst, didn't it? Well, we did the third in the Dubai, then third in the 12th of Sebring, then we won the 9th of Calami. Then we did third in 24th of Nürburgring. Then we did the... We won Batters, we won Spa, we won in uh, Woodland Park. Uh, I won three races in GT Masters, Endurance. We won. We are the Endurance champion. Uh, we are currently leading the IGTC. No, I'm second of the IGTC. So it's a fantastic season, and uh, I really enjoyed my round of GTGT because I did four races and we did four podium. So it was quite a good 100% uh, podium. Uh, but I really hope I can be back next year doesn't really depend on me. It's going to be also depending on IMG, what they allow me to do it again or not, uh, but to do it uh, hopefully the whole year and not with three clashes. We'd love to see you back for the, for the full season. You've been absolutely, absolutely thrilling to watch all year. Thank you very much for a, for a, for a brilliant year of entertainment. Thank you, mate. Thank you, mate. And congratulations. You want Ian? I'm going to, yeah, if I can grab Ian. I will tell him. Hey, I've been waiting six years to say this. <laughs> Ian Loggy, British GT champion, how does it feel? Uh, totally amazing, it's not even sunk in yet, so uh, it has been, uh, it's been a long fight to get there. We've been close a few times last year, one point away. I, I've been the bridesmaid a couple of times, been pro-am champion, and then uh, it looked as if 34, 35 points in front, I, with a, a couple of races to go, it looked as if it was going to be ours, and then all of a sudden things started to catch up on us. The others got closer at Brands and I, then all of a sudden I'm in the gravel at, uh, in the last race. I had a bad qualifying yesterday because of the rain. I, and I think we had, we had great pace. Like if we got to pole, I think we could have done a really good job today. But how about that? You finish P2, you've been in the gravel, you have a spin and still get to P2. I, I, just, I need to watch it on the TV because I don't understand why. What was going through your head whilst you were going... Joel said he, he showed you the magic button to get out of the gravel. Yeah. 
what was going through your head as you were reaching for it? Because you, you must have been almost distraught. Exactly that. As I was going into the gravel, I'm reaching to hit the button so I could drive through it. Because I think there the gravel's heavy enough you could be beached in it, which would have been a total disaster because we'd have been a lap or two down. There's been more than one car beached in that gravel this weekend. So Exactly. So um, I, that was just a discussion we were having. And it, when, you, when you've got top pros driving with you, tips like that, it's not all about... I'm the fastest, I can do the best lap time. It's all about all the other stuff. So this year, no mistakes, no drive-through, no penalties. That's what wins British GT, you know, and we've done our homework this year. And the, the other thing is, I think I've done like maybe 75 race starts this year. So I've been driving Radical and Radical Cup, to a GT World Challenge. So I've done a lot of race starts, so I know things can go wrong. I, but that's one of the worst starts I've had out of the 75. Well, you picked the right weekend for it. Yeah, that, for me, I could hardly believe it. It's, uh, and then I'm pushing hard to get past all the GT4s, running on the pickup, etc. When I get into turn one, I just had a load of pickup and was in first gear overtaking a GT4, picked the throttle up and it just snapped on me. So it was my own stupid fault and uh, it, I was totally embarrassed about it. But that made me settle down and just keep pushing. And then I think I was setting some... Uh, some decent uh, race laps and uh, that kept us in it and then Jules had an amazing pit stop and um, we got off in front of the, the Barwell Lambo and then but I think by that time it was nearly done the fact that we left here in second or third place it was done you, you'd got yourself back into a championship winning position and Jules just brought it home you've had two co-drivers this year which means you you stand alone as champion yeah. Just tell me a little bit about how you said about Jules's driver development, etc. But also with Callum, how it has been working with these two top-flight drivers. It's been a, it's a bit weird uh, winning it alone. I mean, it's, it's a great thing to do, but it's a bit weird winning it alone. But um, last year I, I I drove with Yelmer Berman, and I've been driving in Fanatec with uh, Dominic Bowman. Then I've been driving with. Uh, uh, Jules and Callum side, so I'm getting my share of like top Mercedes drivers. Working your way through the Mercedes yeah, and yeah, exactly. And the, the 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 thing is that they've all got a slightly different way of doing things. So I might actually been able to develop my own style, and I I learn silly little things like nobody's told me about. If you go in the gravel, make sure, that, or if you're going in the gravel, make sure you press the button to turn the traction on. No one's ever said that to me. So that alone might have saved this championship and it's probably on page 1027 of the manual somewhere uh, yeah I, i've <laughs> never i've read never that. read that manual i've never read that manual yeah now of course overall championship pro-am champion as well for the second time third second second time third and the team took home very early took home the, the team's championship what's it like to be part of a, a, tri a triple hit like that Ram Racing's a great team. I mean, we, we, we literally, this car's never broke. It's always, since 2019, we've never had a problem with this car. I drove the sister car last week in GT Cup and we had an ABS failure. It's the first time a Ram car has anything wrong with it. And actually, the, the ABS failure was caused by me because I overhit the brakes too much in the warm-up lap and it... Uh, uh, the one of the sensors failed, so it failed the ABS. So the, the, these guys are meticulous at the maintaining and the presenting the car. So, yeah, a fantastic, great car, great setup, job done. So next year coming back to defend? Of course. 
Good stuff. Good stuff. And still with Raman, still in? Still with Ram, still in the Mercedes. And it will be an even tougher championship next year. But the, the, the great thing for me is I've got now got the experience that I know that you don't need to win all the races. You just need to be in it. And you need not to make mistakes. And this is where I went wrong in the past because I've always been pushing to do the best every race. And you don't need to do that. You need to do get the best points you can for every race. And even if you... I, we worked out, if you finish fourth in every race, you could win British GT. Never been on the podium. That level of good consistency and just... Yeah, always, always bringing home some points. The problem is, as a racing driver, you never won it before. So if you're fourth, you want to be second. Like Jules was second today, and he's like, he wants to go, he wants to try and. It was probably the hardest race he's ever run, isn't it? Not going for the lead. Yeah, he he, he would uh, he would love to have just uh, went for the lead, but um, we had uh, we had agreed that we need to be fifth today, and when we were second, there was no point in risking anything. And it'd be fair, uh, the Alexander Sims and the. Lot Dan Long, I think his name is. They've done a great, they've done a good job. That car's come on massively in the last couple of rounds. Matt, Alexander Sims has just brought the car like into a new level because well, he, he's he's BMW's version of Jules, isn't he? Young racer can drive anything. Raced in Formula E, races in GT and endurance. He's, he's just and he's won he's won endurance and uh, yeah, he's a top driver, top guy as well. Yeah, really a uh, uh, total pros. Kind of like you, three-time champion. <laughs> yeah, let's see if we can make it four. <laughs> Congratulations to you. Congratulations to the team. And I look forward to seeing you next year. Many thanks. Thank you. So, that's the end of the core show for you today. There's a little bit of bonus content coming at the end because I have stepped into pit lane during the race session and I watched two of the pit stops going on. That's the Team Brit gt4 pit stop and then i hate to say it but a bit of a bungle pit stop for me i flew it and you and hanky in the 76 gt3 car so what i'm going to do is i'm going to pop them onto the end of the episode for you so that when you're done you're happy with what you've heard you can either leave that to lie or you can listen through and hear the difference between what was a very well executed gt4 stop and then a GT3 stop, which didn't go according to plan. All that remains right now is for me to say thank you very much for sharing your Sunday evening with me while I discuss the subject that I'm so passionate about. Thank you very much for supporting us through the season. Uh, we've obviously come to the end of the British GT season now. We will have a proper British Sports Car Podcast episode out for you. Probably within the next week, because Sarah's off on her off on her travels again in a couple of weeks' time. So we're looking to record tail end of this week. Have out early next week. This is uh, uh, this is our plan for you, where we'll discuss what's gone on in GT Cup. We'll discuss what's gone on internationally, and we'll take a closer look at what happened during the two-hour race. We're not going to gloss over the achievements of the of the cars which won races and things like that because it's actually a double maiden win uh, for the Century Motorsport M4 GT4 and also for the Toyota Gazoo Racing UK car uh, which has finally got that breakthrough win that we've been expecting for over a year and a half. So we'll look forward to speaking to you later on 
in 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 the week or, or or the month it won't be long before you hear from both sarah and i again we're looking to put together a program of episodes through the off season for you and of course we're starting to already because it's all been undusted for a couple of hours starting to get excited about the 2023 season of the intelligent money british gt championship so i will leave you now to the sounds of two pit stops and wish you a very peaceful evening So it's pit stop time in the Team Brick garage. And this is going to be a slightly different pit stop to normal. Obviously a GT4 car, but of course with Aaron Morgan's um, disabilities, it's going to take a little bit long, a little bit different even to actually complete the stop. That's Aaron out the car, the door is now closed, and the team are going to work with a fuel rig. Now this could be crucial because this car is in the fight for the GT4 Pro-Am title. The championship leader, Matt Topham and Darren Turner in the Newbridge car have just been handed a drive-through penalty due to the, uh, the safety car restart that's just happened. There is also a safety car issue with this car, which will be investigated after the race. But this pit stop could be crucial. Uh, so the fuel is still going in. The team is now ready with the tyre guns. Fuel is off. They're putting Bobby Trundley into the car now. And off to work go the tyre changers. Car is up on the air tracks. You can probably hear in the background the rattle guns going. That's the front tyres off. And the front tyres on. They're now switching to the, to the back end of the car. The car is carrying a bit of damage. Probably a legacy of the issue which is going to be investigated after the race as well. There's the rattle guns going for the for the rear tyres. There's a bit of debris being pulled off. Old tyres are being got rid of. And that's the tyre change crew. Okay, all wheels now tightened. Tyre change crew is back across the line. We're still getting Bobby Trundley installed in the car. There goes the, the car door. Down off the jacks and now we're just waiting for the timer. There is a timed pit stop here. They are taking a look at the the damage to the front end of the car, to the to the bonnet, to the front. Um, some tape was grabbed, but they didn't have time to put it on the car. That is the GT4 pit stop for Team Brit done. I've now moved down to the 76 garage. This is the number 76 McLaren 720S GT3. And I can see that the crew is all here ready to complete a pit stop as well. We've got tyres laid out on the apron. Everybody's waiting to receive the car. Now, Mia Fluit is currently running in ninth place overall. And bearing in mind three of the cars ahead of her are invisible for points, that's going to be sixth place. She's in. Mia Fluit is already out of the car, door is closed, and the fueling team are going to work on refueling the car right now. So Mia comes to the back of the garage. Ewan Hankey is waiting just on the safe side of the line. The car goes up on the jacks, which means the fueling is. Looks like the fueling might be done. Okay, they're repositioning the car on the dolly jacks now. And now they put the fuel on now. So this, is, this has not been a particularly good pit stop for these guys. 
So me and Fruit brought the car in just as I started talking. As I look at my time and now I'm at 1 minute 18 seconds. So this is not going to be the quickest of pit stops of the number 76 car here. Fuel is still going in. Still going in. Now you and Hanky jumps into action. He's running for the driver's seat. And you can hear the rattle guns working now, taking the, the, the tyres off the car. New tyres on at the back. They're still working to get Ewan installed in the car. Other tyres now being changed as well. Looks like the crew chief is preparing to step back. So that's the car down off the jacks. That's the door closed. That's the car fired up. They're pulling it back a bit because of a car in the next garage. Over. And that's Ewan out and away. So not the best of pit stops there.